Hello friends and welcome to your Easter Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Sun shining, I hope you've had a tremendous Easter, you smashed a lot of chocolate and had a very good time in that sun, barbecues, all sorts uh, on offer this weekend. I am Mark Heath, I am your host and with me I'm pleased to say two of my fellow Kings. Let's do a bad news, good news intro shall we? Bad news friends, Ipswich Town will now definitely be playing League One football next season, I think we all knew that anyway. Good news. My two favourite kings are with me today. Don't tell Stu and Mike. You two are definitely my, my two favourite. They'll never know because they don't listen to anything anyway. Stu doesn't listen to any single bit of thing we ever do. And Mike only listens to podcasts that he's involved with. Um, so they'll never know. Ignorance is bliss. I'm going to start live from COVID jail. Andy Hutch Hogan Warren, you need your pal, the doctor. Stuart Watson, he's not around today because you, my friend, are the first of the five kings to officially fail the COVID test. How are you? <laughs> Do we need... Yeah. Yeah, it was going to get me eventually. And uh, and it has. But um, I'm still here. So that's uh, that's a plus. I can't believe it's been so long before one of us, particularly you boys who travel length and breadth of the country covering football in packed football grounds, failed the uh, the old Rona jab, the old Rona test. Um how have you been with it, Hutchie? Because clearly there's, there's a there's a there's a spectrum. I know some people have had it and have not been bothered at all, and some people have been pretty ill with it, despite being all jabbed up. Where, where do you sit on that? Uh... <laughs> oh man, um, no, I'm fine. It's uh, it's had its moments, but I'm fine. There's nothing nothing to grumble about, really. Excellent. Um, and you are yet to, to test negative. So at the moment, as it stands, you're, you're a late game time decision for Portman Road tomorrow. LFT brackets on the, on the team sheet um, must pass before we can do that. Obviously, you can do whatever you want, but morally, shall we say, yeah, um, you, you probably can't. Uh, and my other, my other favourite of the other Kings, the boy Roscoe, he was at Rotherham. How are you, my friend? I'm OK. I'm shocked that I haven't got it yet. Um, I, I think... Technically, I think I probably had it back in March 2020 when it was all I, yeah, going down. I think you might have been the first person in Suffolk to have it, Rossi. Yeah. If, we, if we rewind all the way back to when it was all kicking off, you were you were ill. Um, I think it was pretty much the week of when it first hit these shores, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And you were ill. And I, I regret, actually. Um, I kind of peer pressured you into coming into work, <laughs> suggesting that you were uh, all sorts of things uh, and should man up which is a, a term that's that's fading out now, shall we say. Um, you were duly in for the podcast that morning and you looked dreadful. You were really, really, really ill. Um, so who yeah. knows? It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you were the first in Suffolk to, to have COVID. We'll never know. Um, I remember, um, sorry to interrupt, I remember uh, um, the Paul Lambert press conference before Bristol Rovers and I remember coughing and of course, you know, I was like, oh my God, people yeah. breathing. Has he got it? But uh, but yeah, that was a, a rough period of my life. But um, thankfully, I've gone through <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, enough of that. I think a rough period of my life. Excellent. Uh, well, glad glad you're still with us, Rossi. Um, how many Easter eggs is the count at the moment? I, I noted on Friday you said you'd already smashed two to bits. What are we what are we talking now? It's it's four now. I've had another two. I had one yesterday, and um, I had one Saturday when I got back from Rotherham just for a little treat for. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a little gift from my girlfriend, so I thought, yeah, why not eat it? You smashed a whole egg when you got back from Rotherham. Yeah, I've just fancied it. Wow. What's um of those four? What's what's top of the top of the tree? Um, Maltesers. I like Maltesers. 
some Maltesers. I like bag of Maltesers as well, so that's probably top. <laughs> Excellent. Good analysis. Hutchie, um, you, obviously you have a young family. Is Easter a thing in, in the Warren household? Has there been a lot of chocolate flying around? Um, some nice, yeah, some nice gifts for, for our little one from uh, from aunties and uncles and stuff. She's, yeah, not loads, but definitely enough. Excellent. I haven't touched chocolate. It won't surprise me to, you to know. An athlete, obviously, like myself, in peak physical condition, I don't really like chocolate. Easter eggs aren't really the one for me. Give me a, a, a kilogram bag of crisps and I'm yours. Chocolate, not so much. Anyway, friends, I digress. Let's talk about football. Um, town lost, unfortunately, at Rotherham, live on Sky. Um, and Hutchie, you weren't there because of COVID. You weren't going to be there anyway, but COVID cancelled your family plans. You haven't seen the game. So at this point, I'm going to hand... See what I'm doing there. Hand hosting duties over to you. You've taken it with one hand. I was hoping you take it with two. Um, very, very firmly with one. Firmly like a, with one, like a relay baton. Fine, excellent. Uh, over to you, my friend. I watched bits. I watched bits of it. I was otherwise engaged at the weekend. wasn't very well on Saturday, but um, they lost, didn't they? they I've, did. I've I've seen all the all the big bits. James Norwood should have scored. Oh yes, Michael Smith did score. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to know what happened in between in between those uh, in between those two big incidents, please. Um, so can you tell me? I'll take it from here, Andy. Yeah, um, I thought for me, watching at home um, and getting quite animated on the, on the uh, the sofa at Heath Towers, I thought this game was a microcosm of town season. Um, they failed to take advantage when they were they were on top, which they were. I thought. For me, they pretty much bossed the first half. Um, obviously, Rotherham came back into it towards the end of that that stanza. Um, strikers can't score. Norwood should have put that away. If you're, if you're going to be in any sort of team contending to do anything, that has to go in the back of the net. That has to be up there for one of the misses of the season. Um, and then, obviously, second half, Rotherham turned up the pressure and Towns fell apart. And once again, lost on TV, lost to a, a top team. And that has been pretty much the story of the season. Um, yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was it was frustrating and depressing in equal measure that second half. Um, mm. Mm. Well, let's can we just deal with James Norwood now because like yeah. he, he should have scored, and there's not many other ways that you can you can say that is there. He knows he should have scored. Look at him; he's had his hands on his mm. face the, the minute the ball hadn't hasn't even left the pitch. By the time he's got his hands on his head, knowing that he should have scored, he's good enough to score. Um and and he should have done. Um, but was that the? I don't remember any other massive chances in that first half. I was I was watching it while I was cooking, um, mm. so I wasn't particularly paying attention. I'll be completely honest with you. So I think is that, is I, that it? I, I think that was pretty much it. The other thing in terms of it being a microcosm of, of town season was the imbalance to the way that town attack. I don't know if it was even more so on Saturday, but it was stark on Saturday, maybe because Sky were flashing up stats about where the the attacks were coming from. They are so right-sided. It's ridiculous. I mean, and you've often said on this, Hutchie, stop Wes Burns and you stop town. Um, and although he looked quite lively in the first half, second half a lot more quiet. Um, yeah, it, it's just so predictable the way they go about their business. And also the lack of, the lack of, long range shots as well um they you know they, they play these little diagonal triangle moves don't they get to the byline down the right hand side and whip across in and that's pretty much all they do 
no one was 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 taking pot shots from long range, even chance in their arm. And the, the set pieces again, mm. terrible. What did what did Rotherham do to stop Town's right side? Because I've been really interested watching in recent weeks different approaches to doing that. What, how did uh, what 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 shape did Rotherham play, and and how did they how did they do it? Because there are different ways of doing it, but it sounds like they did it again. I think second half they just they just came out and looked at a different side for me. They were they were pressing higher. There was tempo. There's physicality. They were breaking up play a lot as well, weren't they, Rossi? Um, what, what did you make of it from pitch side? Yeah, I, I was in a great position for the right side, and so you know, seeing JD and Wes Burns, you know, partnering up, and um, yeah, it was a very competitive first half, very feisty, fired up game. You know, a few stoppages. You know, Selena was pushing players, and play, I thought it could be a red card in this game at some point. But um, yeah, the Norwood miss. Going back to that, like goals change games. You know, that cliche. You know, it would have changed mm. the game completely. You know. Rotherham got a lot of pressure. The atmosphere in that ground would have changed dr- drastically because Rotherham, they need a win. Um, and yeah, if Norwood scored that, the away end would have been fantastic, you know, and they'll be all on top. But unfortunately, didn't score that. And um, we just can't score when we're on top, which is just frustrating because that's um, a running trend we've had the last mm. few weeks where we've been on top. Um, set pieces, delivering them. Um, defending them we can't defend and um yeah Rotherham stopped our main threat which as you said was the right side and uh yeah they came out a different side in the second half and, and they got their goal and yeah I know a lot of town fans weren't very happy with with the players because well Mike good old Mike Turbot um thought most of them were on the beach and didn't think they tried enough which um yeah I think the second half we just weren't out of the races unfortunately I think the, the thing watching as well would um the midfield was just completely missing. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly Sam Morsey, um, captain fantastic and usually a very influential and inspirational player. Um, there were large periods of the game where you kind of forgot he was playing. Um, and the same for, for Backinson. Uh, other than some tremendous shithousery from Morsey in the second half where he literally just kicked someone as, it, as he ran by him. Um, I saw that. You know, yeah, that was, that, was, that was great and I'm all for that. Um, but they they really didn't get in the game, uh, and with, with Burns kind of being quieter in the second half, um, we, yeah, I mean the second half you couldn't really see Town scoring, could you? Can I um, quickly mention Burst and Selena here? I'm a big fan of Burst and mm. Selena. I know Hutchie is as well, and um, he is a magician. Now this is a bit of a stupid pun here, but um, he has plenty of magic and he's a showman on the pitch, but he also makes himself disappear at times, which I think is the case with him. Um, you know, he's got the got the tricks and all that, but he does disappear and uh, uses the Harry Potter visibility cloak sometimes because, uh, yeah, I sometimes felt he wasn't in this game and um, yeah. I forgot he even got substituted off at one point. I was like, oh, he's off the pitch. <laughs> forgot he was on the pitch. But, um, but yeah, that's the only problem with person seeing yeah. You're quite proud of that analogy, aren't you? I could see yeah. the little, smart, the little smile think, on your face think... as you got different layers into it. <laughs> I think you may even have that written down, Rossi, because the way you, you recited that was was spot on. I thought you might even have been reading it. Um, yeah, I did actually. I, I, oh, did. That down. <laughs> I, I thought of that yesterday. I thought of that yesterday. I was like, oh, I like that. Make, make sure I don't forget that. And then, uh, yeah, pretty happy with that. I like, I like that. A, that is a fair comment, though. Morsey, Backinson, Selena, Luco, to lesser or greater extents, were, were pretty enormous the whole game. Selena was clearly getting very frustrated by the the physicality that the room were kind of putting his way. Uh, and you're right, he was very lucky to stay on the pitch, I thought. Uh, regardless of what you thought about Rothbone's rather theatrical 
dive backwards um, once he'd been pushed. That's the sort of thing you see red cards handed out for all the time, isn't it? Um, and so I was pleased the referee kept Selena on the pitch there. But equally, I was I was baffled by a lot of the, the refereeing decisions as well. There were um, Norwood got booked for, for jumping in the air. Um, what was the other one? Aluko got booked for, for making contact with the keeper, a ball that he's entirely um, justified going for, very much a 50-50 ball. And there was another one, wasn't there? Was it Wes Burns in the first half we got booked? I can't remember off the top of my head. There were a lot of, for me, silly yellow cards being dished out. Um, so, That's yeah. Big one refs, I'm afraid, mate. It's, um, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's wildly inconsistent. The only one of those I'll, I'll be honest, the only one of those I saw was the Aluko one. Yeah, um, and I think the referees probably just assumed that the contact was higher up than it than it really was, wasn't it? Well, him sort of yeah. sternum area. I think on the TV they were talking about him being kicked in the neck at one point, mm. which obviously sounds bad. Also, at this point, we should say when we're talking about TV. Sky throwing shade at us, or more more accurately, not by name, Stuart Watson, um, for pointing out that that Town's record is so bad on TV. They made a point of saying, "Well, it's not us. They lost to Barrow on ITV." Um, well, I think Stu would respond to that by saying that he didn't specify Sky hmm. in any way, what in any way whatsoever. So, uh, wind your neck in Sky hmm. Sports. Exactly. Leave our exactly. Stu alone. Otherwise, there was obviously one massive positive, literally. Elkin Baggett, what a debut for this young man, 19 years old, comes in in what is a, a tremendously tough game for him against a side away, a side challenging for automatic promotion. Um, big boots to fill, literally and figuratively. And I thought he was absolutely tremendous. Um, calm, assured, looked really relaxed on the ball, got stuck in physically as well. The, the, obviously, Smith, who is um, a bit of a beast of a striker in League One, he more than matched up to him physically. There were there were quite a few tussles that he came out on top of, and also I didn't realise just physically how big Elkin Baggett yeah, is. Yeah, he's a he big is, boy. He is massive. Um, six foot four. He's only nineteen, so maybe he's still got a bit of growing to do. But I thought he was absolutely tremendous, Ross. Yeah, I thought um, what a big game for him to make his debut. You know, league debut, of course. Um, playing against Rotherham, Michael mm. Smith. You know, I know he scored in the end, but um. You know, 25 goals this season for him. Um, it's a big game, you know, in front of a, a crowd that's got a lot of pressure on Rotherham as well. And, you know, I know his uh, parents were in the crowd as well, so I'm sure they were proud of him. But, yeah, he made mm. some some great blocks, a lot of good clearances. Um, and to step into that role where we've had Burgess there, who's been really well, really solid. You know, Emerson was playing that role as well before he got injured. But, um, yeah, he's a big boy and um, he did himself proud. He's got a big future ahead of him and... Uh, you know, I'm sure the 5 million Indonesian fans who were tuning in were pretty proud of him as well. Yeah, there was a, there was a big spike, I'm assuming, in Indonesian <laughs> TV viewing figures for Ipswich Town. I believe I'm right in saying he's the first Indonesian to ever play professional yeah. football in England. Um, so that's a, a massive achievement in itself. Hutchie, I know you're you're leading the questioning in this part, but can I turn a question back on you? You regards, can. Regards Elkin Baggett. Um, number one is what we do with him going into the next game, because clearly now he's coming, he's had a a tremendous game. His confidence will be high. Do you consider leaving him in for Wigan? And part two, and probably the more interesting part, is what you do for his development now. We, Stu mentioned in his excellent Stu Says, 6am every Sunday, uh, if you're interested, um, that 
it's probably going to be a loan to League Two. You can see following the the Wolfenden Downs and Darba path for him next season. Is that is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, let's go with the first one first. Um, yeah, it's a tough one for Kieran McKenna because in it, all things being equal, you leave him in, don't you? Um, he, he's done enough to stay in. But mm. In Cameron Burgess, you've got a player who McKenna's gone out of his way to kind of praise the professionalism um, that he has shown during such a long time not playing himself. Um, obviously, Edmondson had that that position locked down for I think I think the first thirteen fourteen games of McKenna something something like that, and he's had to be very very patient um, to wait his chance. So, mm-hmm. I think McKenna's probably natural instinct would be to put Burgess back in again um, as a senior player who, who's who's done everything asked of him during a long time out of the team. But it's a really big decision because. <laughs> I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted to go with Baggett again because you need to uh, you need to fully fully evaluate him, which would mm. then connect to your second point. Um, my gut feeling is the same as Stu's is that he would be better served doing what Corey and Darba's doing this season than mm. likely being all things being equal the fifth fifth centre back at Town next season behind Burgess, Edmondson, Wolfie, and. And Janoidanassian. Um, but I think a lot of it will depend on what they do with Ndaba. If they bring Ndaba back and they're happy for him to be the fifth centre back, hmm. um, then Baggett can't be the sixth. He he has to go and play. So um, but I imagine that's what will will happen. And and Darba's I doubt they'll loan Ndaba out again. He's in the final year of his contract. So if you're loaning him out, you're essentially that that's that's probably you saying that he's reached the end. So I think that's probably the most likely thing. Go go down the Wolfenden route, the Downs route, and now the Indaba route. Go away, um, mm. play forty games. A good team. Uh, he, he'll he'll have teams that are interested, I'm sure, um, and then come back for the twenty twenty three twenty four season, mm. uh, which it's... seems mental to be talking about that season, but we are. I think we often forget as well with this that um, aside from the football development side of things there which obviously him going away and playing uh, being first choice every week would be great there's also the, the the kind of personal development side of things isn't there you know he's a 19 year old lad um moving away to an area he's maybe not familiar with i know he's he's from colchester isn't he i think originally his family so um or at least that's where they're based now so for him to to move away to a different part of the country and, may, and maybe live on his own for the first time um playing regular football in league two as a as a as a as a man as a human being, yeah, that's going to be good for you as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, I think he'll be pre- he'll be better prepared than most for that, given everything he does with Indonesia and and yeah. international football. But I think the big thing is just <clears throat> preparing every week, knowing that you've got a game at the weekend, an important game uh, somewhere. Um, so if they, they can find the league two club, you never know. Salford might even fancy him if they're going to lose in Darba. Yeah. Why? Why can't why can't Baggett just go and mm. slip in with uh, slip into the Indaba role up there? Um, but yeah, I think that's probably what will happen happen to him now. But I, I imagine he's in, he must have impressed in training over the last few months. He's been training with the first team, so McKenna will be very aware of him, and um, they'll now treat his development very very seriously because um, they because he's shown he can he can handle 
he can handle it. Although it's only one game, but it, it feels I guess it, if if he's done as well as everyone says he has in in this one one game against a, a really good, really good League One team, then um, you can't really get more kind of promising than that. But um, yeah, I don't think he needs to be sat around sort of making benches once a month mm. at Ipswich. I, I, th- I think forty games elsewhere is what he needs. Mm. What would you do with Bag at Rossi? Would you would you start him tomorrow night? Yeah. Why not? I know um, Burgess has done well and he's been he's had to wait his time, bide his time to to get a start. But yeah, he got sent off for a very staffed challenge. Um, so mm. maybe he just gets to have a little telling off. You know, we'll wait until the next game. But yeah, give Baggett his you know Portman Road League debut. You know, I know he's made his debut in the Patrick Jones Trophy, or whatever, at Portman Road. But um, yeah, start him. Give him back to back games. See how he gets on against another <laughs> Wigan top of the league. They could possibly win the league, possibly. No, 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 because they lost. Um, they bottled it against Cambridge. Cambridge, we've got something in common with Wigan. We both lost against Cambridge at home. Um, so yeah, why not? Go on, bag it. Second game. It's a right. tough one. It is a tough one, though, isn't it? Because I don't think McKenna will want to punish Burgess. Like, mm. I don't, but this is this is where you you earn your corner as a manager, I guess, aren't you? This is man management um, in action. How, how you handle a situation like that? Because I'm I'm sure that McKenna's natural instinct will be to give Burgess a game, but there will be mm. a big part of him telling him that actually this 19 year old lad has come in and really not let you down. So um, yeah, be interesting to see what they do. I wonder how the uh, the Baggett shirt is selling in the club shop. Um, I'd imagine there's quite a few online orders coming in from. Indonesia, perhaps. Uh, what if we can find number, out? Though. His squad number isn't great, is that? Actually, it's only what's available. Well, that's what. Well, I'm sure the Indonesian fans aren't bothered by that. Um, exactly. They could make an absolute killing on the shipping if they've, if they've <laughs> priced it correctly. They, they oh. can make um, they can make a fortune on the shipping costs, which mm. uh, which would be uh, which would be good for the coffers. Absolutely, Hachi. I know you're leading this bit, but would you would you allow me to indulge further with with another, indulge yourself another bit of praise for a, a centre half, Luke Wolfenden? Um, I thought had a had a tremendous game, and also <clears throat> the highlight, really the only highlight of the second half was that quite frankly ridiculous run that he went on. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, Hachi. Like a, he had a, a rush of blood to the head, um, and, and I kept thinking he's, he's gonna he's gonna pass in a minute and, and jog back to to the back. But no, he kept on going like a charging warrior upfield. And at one point, I thought he was going to score Rossi. I thought he was going to finish with an absolute rocket of a shot. He laid it off and it didn't, it didn't work out. But that was that was exciting, wasn't it, Ross? <laughs> yeah, I had an amazing angle, by the way. I was, I was on the side and I was just watching like, no, he's not going to do it, is he? He's still got it. He's still got it. And um, the snipers are out. They're shooting the Rotherham defenders down. They're all, you know, <laughs> looking look behind Wolford and he's probably going, all the players are down. But yeah, yeah I, I wish he did just take a shot. Um, but he decided to square it. And um, yeah, none of the town players took that opportunity because that would have been one of the greatest assists of all time. It's I've seen a lot of um, stories and a lot of people tweeting out about it's like Kevin Beatty-esque. Yeah. You know, Kevin Beatty used to do those morning runs. Um, but yeah, the angle I saw thought he could have shot from there. But um, he probably didn't want to get, you know, you know, pelters from his teammates going, why didn't you square it? But also could have had a shot and that would have been goal of the season. It could have maybe topped Burson Selina's goal possibly because the, the, from his own half to Rotherham's box, 
Well done, Wolfie. Good it, run. it would have been one of the greatest Ipswich Town goals of all time, I think. Um, yeah. And I think by the time you've reached the, the opposition box, you've earned the right to shoot from there. Mm. Um, you, you've gone the length of the pitch. I think you're entitled to have a pop. Um, Hutchie, when um, McKenna came in, you highlighted Luke as one of the players who would benefit most from um, the new boss. And, and so it's proved. How, how do you, why did you think that to begin with? And have you been... Even you have been surprised by by how much Luke has kind of blossomed under McKenna. Yeah, the re- well, the reason I thought it is because I know how good he is. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I've never felt he's been particularly well coached. I don't think he's had. I don't think I don't think the club have had the, a manager to coach him. Um, and my great hope for Kieran McKenna at that point when he had been appointed was that some, some coaching was coming mm. um, both from him and from Martin Pert. And um, that's exactly seems to be what's happened. He's just a player who's what one he's been, he's been trusted, um, which is something he always needed. Um, and then he's been coached, which mm. is definitely what he needed. And I think, um, I think he's showing everything that, I think we all knew he could do, but not all together at the same time for a consistent consistent period. And that's exactly what he's doing. Now they now they just need to turn the coaching attention to his shooting. Um <laughs> and if they can do that, because he didn't know what to do by the time he got into the box, really, did he? He um you could see the little look from him at the yeah. end where he was kind of like like, and then I think it was did he end up on the floor at the end of the run and and he kind of looked up and I don't know who he was looking at on the camera but he was just like well what what am I meant to do I'm I'm a centre back <laughs> um, but yeah that was that was really really good to watch watch on the, on the highlights um, reminded me of Titus Bramble and the goal that he scored against Sunderland in um, in two thousand but but Luke had the ball um, for the entirety of that. Mm. Um, more so than than Bramble did a lot. A lot more of Bramble's goal was covered, kind of just running. But he, uh, yeah, some shooting boots, and that would have um, that would have been spectacular. On the shooting boots, generally, actually, why don't Town have more attempts from outside the area? I think we saw there was one earlier in in the first half. I'm not sure if it was meant to be a cross or a shot. Wes Burns blasted it high, wide, and, and not very handsome. But again, we I think Mike brought it up on, on game day a couple of weeks ago. Um, we go back to this habit of town trying to score the same goal again and again. You just don't see players having shots from range, Hutchie, at least not as many as you would normally expect to That's see. That's probably why, though, because so much of it's channelled down the right side, isn't it? It's, yeah. it they're not in the in the positions the positions to do it. Um, I don't know. It's, they've got players that can, can score. Obviously, we know Selena can score from outside the box. Mm. Connor... Connor Chaplin scored some nice goals from the from the edge from the edge of the box, um, but I don't know. It's, um, they don't often find there aren't too many times where you you find players in positions to shoot, and you you suddenly think, well, why did why didn't you have a pop? I, it's, mm. it's probably the positional side of things. Morsi gets in a few where I kind of think you could really have a bit of a bit of a go there but I guess so much of it gets funneled down the right side but by the time you're there it the the it's not about shooting from the box by the time you've made it into that that position really but um mm. they just they need to add they need to find new ways of scoring goals don't they if they're gonna mm. if they're gonna improve on this mm. anything have you got anything else to tell me 
Oh, scout. Oh, sweet scouts. <laughs> um, Can I, um, I, one other thing that I was slightly uh, disappointed by and, and interested by was the amount of Rotherham fans who turned up dressed as seats um, to mark their, <laughs> mark their side right. being right in the automatic promotion hunt. Um, the attendance, what was it? 9,000 9, plus and, and one, more than 1,000 of that was Ipswich Town fans. Um, for me, very disappointing that you can't, I know it was a, it was a game on TV and it was Saturday lunchtime, but very disappointing that you can't, you can't, you can't fill the stadium um, when you are at the thick end of the season chasing automatic promotion. Ross, what was it like atmosphere-wise, Ross? Um, they have a bit of a show actually before the game. There was a lot of music going on, and you know, you know, of course, yeah, Sky. They probably added that a little bit more. They had drums and flags and stuff like the capacity of the New York Stadium is twelve thousand, so somewhat nearly sold out but yeah 1000 town fans over 1000 town fans traveling for a dead rubber for us um but yeah the atmosphere wasn't that great i think it was a bit cagey because of course rotherham were like we need to win this game if we don't then you know automatic could be out of their reach hmm. um but yeah the second half they, they got sort of to their side where they were like we need to score here we need to score and when they did score then the atmosphere goes up definitely when you you know hmm. when you go up one and up up at home, of course, you're going to be on top of your team again and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's a, a weird thing. I think Rotherham they're just a, they're a weird team because they're so used to being in the top half of League One, and then they get to the Championship, and then they go on that that roller coaster ride where they try to stay up, but then they go down. Um, so I'm sure a lot of their fans are just getting annoyed now. They just want to be cemented in one league. But uh, yeah, uh, we shall see. But uh, yeah, I do I do like the stadium. Though. I like the stadium. Um, mm. I did have a sausage roll though, which is a bit of a, bit, bit of a yeah. Good job you had that Easter egg when you got home, then, eh? Yeah, yeah, that as well. That, yeah, it, for it. that kind of attendance is pretty standard for Rotherham, though. I think you have. I think it's just a remind a reminder of one how big a support base Ipswich have, and and two mm. what kind of other clubs are are kind of dealing with in these big sort of areas of of congested towns and cities like Sheffield's not very far from Rotherham, mm. obviously with two huge clubs there. Um, that's what, Roth- that's what, where Rotherham, where Rotherham are at. I think that's why they mm. built a new state, a, a brand new stadium that had a capacity of 12 and a bit thousand. It's um, mm. knowing their limits, I guess. Know your limitations. No oneself, as Mahatma Gandhi told the secret to life. Um, can we also give a shout out as well before we finish this bit, Hutchie, um, to the Cook brothers, Roscoe, who you had on game day afterwards. It was a, a big birthday weekender for them, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And they, they got in contact with us um, asking if they could they could appear, shall we say, uh, and they did. So um, it looked like they'd been having a good time despite the result. Yeah, they, I think they um, they've had, they had a long weekend of um, celebrations. Um, I think it was Steve's birthday. I think it's his 50th birthday. Um, and I took a picture of just three random blokes in the stadium at first. I didn't know that actually that was them. I just took a picture um, of the crowd, and when they when they approached me at full time outside the away end, I was like, "Oh my god!" I took a picture of you guys, so it worked perfectly. They had a nice little picture, but um, no big shout out to to Cook, the Cook brothers. Uh, no relation to you know who, Paul Cook, um, but they, I'm sure they had a great time despite the result. And um, yeah, I'm sure you know brothers just going to the football having a few beers and just enjoying the sunshine because it was a lovely day in South Yorkshire. Yeah. Town fans generally, I've got to say, I mean, we, uh, we you know, we feel like we say this quite a lot, but 
to have 1,100 town fans in Rotherham for a 12.30 game that was on TV is a tremendous effort. I mean, that is that is an early morning on, on Easter Saturday. Um, I think you boys left, what was it, 7am did you, did you leave, Rossi? Yeah. Um, just tremendous. You know, the, the support has been cra- far more than the team maybe deserves, given their recent performances. I mean, I say recent, over the last few years. Um, absolutely tremendous. What was... a uh, while we're on the subject of travelling, Rossi, what was the uh, what was the dynamic like with with Mister Bacon in the car instead of old COVID Colin up there? Uh, now Mike was his standard self. Um, good driver, actually. He, he drove. For, <laughs> yes. If ever there's someone that should be judging the quality of driving, it has to yeah. be you, Rossi. <laughs> Pretty much, but um, no, it was a very smooth drive up to Rotherham. Uh, Stu did the home driving but um but no it was a good dynamic i i do, I do my standards unsociable um 25 year old thing put my headphones in halfway through because i can't be asked to talk um but doing doing like we're talking about adult stuff i was just like the kid <laughs> in the back in the back trying to behave but um but no mike was a good laugh and uh i know he enjoyed himself as well i think he's just bringing back his because he's, <clears throat> he's he's come a town in the past in the premier league mm. you know i know he's saying he's gone to aston villa and main United's and stuff but um, going to Rotherham, no, he enjoyed himself. But um, we did, we did miss you, Hutchie. Because um, tell me more about Mike's driving. What have, what tips have you taken from him? And then if you could critique Stu's driving <laughs> as well. Well, what, 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 <laughs> what have you? What tips have you picked up from Mike? I think he just he just knows the route. He just knows he you know he drives the speed limit. He, good. Uh, very he very good. When he has to. Yep. Um, and he's just yep. he doesn't he's he's not he's not angry he's not an angry he's not an angry driver he just he just goes with the flow um i won't say Stu's an angry driver but um Stu sometimes yeah you know you are, we what know you are saying, what you are saying very clearly here is that mike is a much better driver than Stu. that's that appears to be the message coming through i don't know i think Stu's a good driver as well but I've, you know <laughs> he's took me across the country as well actually he's a good driver um I don't know where I'm going with this, really. To be honest, they're all good drivers. But um, you, yeah. you started it, mate. So you've got to find your way out of this little hole. Yeah. Where would you rank? Because clearly you have many drivers. Uh, where would you rank <laughs> your your drivers? Um, I think Liam from Crew is going to be top of the list because he has driven me to Plymouth and back, and yeah. Morecambe and back, and all that sort of stuff. And your um, house and back when you forget your keys. <laughs> keys as well. When he didn't even go to the game. <laughs> But uh, Hutchie's up there as well because he's. Um, we have to meet early, early hours in the morning um, to pick up Stu and Stowe Market and other people. Um, so Hutchie's got to be top there as well. Um, they're all good. They're all good. And Heath, you're, you're driving me to a few places as well. So uh, don't you yeah. worry, I have. Yeah, I've, I've taken you to the O2 and back, haven't I? Old yeah. Um, yeah, late as well. Late, late. That was late as well. So yeah, yeah. All, all safe and sound. I've got, I've got home safe and sound. We haven't had any stops. And anything like that. Only if I've needed a, you know yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there you go. But uh, Hotchie, I don't know about you, but um, in, in terms of in terms of compliments, there, knowing that that Roscoe values and, and rates me as a driver, it's got to be right up there. Mm, it's up there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to be. I would. There's no way. Um, I don't want to be Stu in this situation. He's no. He's not backhanded compliments left, yeah. right, and centre at, at Stuart Watson there. From, Stu, I mean, from Stu, us. Stu's all right as well, I suppose. Yeah, he's yeah. 
He's not going to drive me now, is he? To go like, no, mate. No. She will. She will never find out. He doesn't listen to anything or watch anything that we ever do. So he um... does. He does. <laughs> I reckon like, he'll 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 know. Oh, he'll know, boy. He'll know. Um, yeah. Obviously, the boys, I assume, are looking forward to Hutchie when when Ross passes his test this month and he can drive you around. You'd this be month? Up for that. Is it happening this month? Apparently. It's May. It's May. It's oh, May. It's, it's moved back to May now, is it? It was, it was always May. Okay, so next month then, Hutchie. I'm yeah. sure you'd be more than happy to jump Pre- in the back. Yeah, pre-season, uh, when July comes around for pre-season, we'll, uh, you, you'll be doing the driving. Excellent. Absolutely. I can't Great. wait to... Uh, to speak to Archon about insurance for that one. Um. <laughs> right, right before look, I'm going to hand this back, I'm going to pass the baton back to you in a minute. But mm. you you always ask for any any final uh, final thoughts, so I'm going to ask you for any final any final thoughts. I want a, a pearl of wisdom. We don't get to do this very often. I want a, I want a pearl of <clears> an <throat> analytical wisdom, please. Something that you liked. On you go, Rossi, or or, or didn't. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a negative really but um i think the Stu's weekend driving. <laughs> <laughs> no Stu, Stu was great and um he dropped me off at burger king for the services on the way back as well so mike wasn't having any of that he went i've got a tuna pasta when i get home i want to get home as soon as possible um but no i, I, I was hungry because i didn't have the sausage roll um but it's one win in six and it's just a reminder of how much work we still have to do on the Kieran McKenna. Um, a lot of positivity on and off the pitch, but next season, a lot of work still to do. So um, overall, positive, but a lot of work to do still. Mm. I would agree with that, Rossi. Um, it, it was a bit of a, a kind of stark reminder. I know we've talked before about Rotherham kind of bossing town whenever they've played them recently. Uh, and it wasn't quite to the extent of earlier in the season, was it? But the, Town still are quite a long way away, I think, from being a, a you know, a, a consistent, competitive, right at the top of this league side. Um, and I think, as I said at the start, that game is kind of a microcosm of of the season and kind of highlighted a lot of the the issues that that Town are facing. Um, and McKenna has a big job still to turn this round. I know he's done a lot already. Um, and by way of moving this forward, Hutch, I was going to ask you whether we're starting to get to the end of the McKenna honeymoon period, because whatever you say about Paul Cook's start to the season, it was bad. Um, I think it was 10 points from the first 10 games of the season. I think now Town have taken 14 points from their last 10 games. Um, they were at one point kind of in with an outside chance of the playoffs and and then they kind of stopped winning. And, and dropping points against teams they should be beating. So, how do you, how do you feel with three games left of the season? I think they're they're only a place ahead of where they were this time last season, and a couple of points better off. Um, how are you feeling about things? Um, I I'll be honest. It's not just because I didn't watch the game in its full. I I wasn't bothered about <laughs> kind of the first. I know this was the game where it was mathematically sort of confirmed that they didn't mm. make the playoffs, but. I, I always try to not read too much into the games that happen immediately after big disappointments. And obviously we've had the big disappointments of the Cambridge game and then latterly um, the draw at, at Shrewsbury, which obviously they, they were, they had their own issues in those games, mm. but I, I, I can't get too frustrated by this, by this result. 
Um, I want to see, I want to see a team in this Wigan game. I want to see a team that's 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 bang at it and um, showing how good, trying to show how good they are because mm. um, they 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 need to finish this season with some with a bit of a wag in the tail to um, just to remind people the force that they can be. But I still, I, I, I'm not. I'm not at a point where I decide. I've decided I want to like heavily dig into Kieran McKenna and and like find his deficiencies and his team's deficiencies. I, mm. I've seen enough from him, uh, both as a manager and as a coach, to and and the same from the club's ownership to to feel very comfortable with the hands that are on the tiller going mm. into going into the going into the summer. There's going to be change. It's not going to be drastic, but I think it. It's needed. Um, I think there'll be a tweaking of of what's there, but I feel comfortable with the people that are there to to do that. Um, mm. Heading heading into next season, um, it's very disappointing that this one's come to an end quite so early. Um, mm. But but that that hasn't really changed how I how I feel about the people that are going to be leading from the front on this, and that goes for s- several positions within the team as well. Mm. Um, we've got plenty of time to talk about, and I'm sure we will about what what needs to change and what could change. But I'm very comfortable with large parts of that football team as well. Um, mm. Just need to just need to sort some of the others. I think Morsey said it really well, didn't he? So close, but still so far away. And again, yeah. it does kind of feel like I'm not. I'm by, by no means am I going to have a, a pop at Kieran McKenna. That wasn't what I was looking for there. Um, and clearly, there's loads of positive stuff overwhelmingly around the club and the direction of travel and that kind of stuff. But I do wonder sometimes if, and I'm guilty of this more, probably more so than anyone, if we're kind of overlooking still how much there is left to, to turn around um, or maybe, maybe I'm being overly reactive. Am I being knee jerk Hutchie? Do you think town are closer than I'm, than I'm making out? I think they've got a lot of the pieces. I think, I don't yeah. think we've ever, I don't think we've ever thought they were, they were like one move away. Um, they talk about that in American sports, and they being like mm. one that this team's one, one move, one trade away from being a like a big dog. Um, mm. I don't think we've ever thought it was quite the case there. I, I, I just think that they've got the people kind of at the helm of it, mm. and enough of the pieces. C- considering considering the way that they came back for for pre season um, last summer with what was it like nine players playing training with the first team like it's going to it's going to be a very different start to the summer this time around isn't it i think you're going to come back not not only with a a squad in place you're going to come back with two-thirds maybe of a starting 11 potentially in place which um which is something to feel confident about um i I just i just feel happy with the people that are in in charge and the people that are leading it and the direction that's going and um I think they're resourced enough to to go and and strengthen the positions that they need and 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 the, as I always think it's a positive when you know what needs to change. Mm. I, I think for so long under under Paul Lambert, particularly in some of his teams, we we talked about how many positions were and Paul Cook obviously thought exactly the same. Like how many positions were we talking about needing needing to be upgraded or changed or well I'm not yeah the defence is 
defence is okay, but that you know we could get a bit more out of that. And midfield needs a bit of something. They've got no width. Um, not sure about the strikers either. Goalkeepers are very average. Mm. Um, it's very different. I think it, I think it's going to feel quite different this summer. I think it's quality, adding some quality, and then letting the manager coach it. Yeah. How are you, how are you feeling about it? I've got Roscoe. I've got to let Ben. Benson. Oh, he's got out. Sorry. Benson had trapped himself in, in the room and was uh, getting to the point where I was, I was I was worried he was going to start attacking the door. Um, <laughs> so, but no, he's, he's managed to alleviate that without any damage to, to Heath Towers. Um, Rossi, how are you feeling about things? Um, I'm positive. You know, I'm looking forward to next season. Um, I think this will probably be the first summer that everything's in place to, because it's, you know, the first full, you know, transfer window for Kieran McKenna, the mm. first full you know, where we've had our scouts out probably looking for players. Um, the ownership have now got their themselves firmly in the ground at Ittrich Town. So um, it, sh- it should be exciting. But there's also a bit of worry behind it as well. You've got to be, as a town fan, you know, there's hope that kills you and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, yeah, the recent results haven't been great. You know, one win and six, it's not great. But I think it's just how the season is always going to end, unfortunately. I think, you know... Mm. Hopefully we've got the final three games now where we can end with positives. Wigan will be a tough game on Tuesday. Crew are already down. So we, that's a game where I want us to maybe hammer them, get that, that hammering under Kieran McKenna, get, get four goals, something like that. Um, and then Charlton, final home game of the season. Hopefully leave town fans, leaving that stadium happy in the sunshine. And um, look forward to next season. Hopefully another have a rollercoaster ride. And hopefully we won't be falling off this time. Hopefully we'll stay on it throughout the whole season. Mm, fourth attempt at going up from League One. Um, yeah, I, I hope people don't think I was being negative there. I'm just, there's a danger. And I think it's natural as a football fan. You go into the summer and you think, particularly Ipswich Town in League One, oh, next next season is the one, you know, we'll, we'll sweep everyone aside next season. And I, hopefully they will. But I do think there's there's still a fair bit of work for, for McKenna to do before I that happens. I think more, more so, mate, is the, the strength of the league. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's not just about Ipswich. There's going to be, I think it's. It looks to me like it's going to be Peterborough, Barnsley, and Derby coming down. Peterborough, Peterborough in particular, would be one that I would expect to be right up there. Mm. Um, we're going to going to go up. I think um, one of Rotherham or Wig, uh, MK Dons are going to have to do it in the playoffs, and that's still going to leave like Oxford, Portsmouth, Sunderland, mm. um, Sheffield Wednesday. The Plymouth, the majority of them are all still going to be in this league and and Ipswich are going to have to make some improvements. Um, but from just from a purely Ipswich point of view, I, it, I say it again, I just feel like I feel like the right people are at the helm to to give it a much better fist. Because let's be honest, the, the three attempts they've had at promotion from League One, not mm. even close. No. Not, not even, not not even close. So mm. the next step actually for Ipswich, Ipswich is to make... Um, just to really be in it, yeah. just to be, just to ever be in, be in with a real chance of getting promoted, would be would be big progress for Ipswich at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's obviously very early to be discussing this, but if we're, if we're talking about like leaps to automatic promotion and the champ and winning the league, that that's a massive jump, mm. um, massive jump. More I, I, at, at this point, I, I I feel confident that they will produce a team that is going to be competitive and right in the mix for promotion. What that actually means, I don't know, but um, but that that's what I feel. I feel I feel like they've got the people to take the step to be right in it. I bloody hope so because the fans deserve it. Um, 
What Roscoe, you got your hand up? Yeah, so I don't like to interrupt, but um, we've got to make a rule, by the way. This is to everybody out there listening and yourself, Ethan, you in particular. No HMS Pistol League, no 100 points, 100 <laughs> goals. We cannot say that because this is our fourth season in League One, all right? We've now established in League One, unfortunately, and we can only ever say that if we are where we are right now in, in April. Not many games to go, and we are in mm. the top six, and we are like, here we go. But um, no one can say that. That's the rule. If you say that, then you get a lip slap from me, all right? A okay. lip slap? No, a lip, a I think lip, he said a little. Okay. A lip slap could be a lip slap could yeah. be a thing as well. Are you right though, Rossi? I'm I'm more guilty than most about that. And if Town start next season with five wins on the bounce, I'll almost certainly bring it back um, because I'll get overexcited. And that's uh, maybe I'm talking to myself here as a some form of therapy. Anyway, friends, let's move on. We all agree that Town are definitely heading in the right direction, um, and fingers crossed, next season will be the one. It always is, isn't it? As a football fan, um, but Town have a an opportunity, Hutchie, to have an up close and personal look at the champions elect of this league tomorrow night at Portman Road. A real opportunity as well to to actually beat a team that's going to go up from this league and maybe put a bit of a marker down. They haven't won in two games, Wigan. They lost at home to Cambridge at the weekend. They drew the previous game. Um, but th- this is another opportunity ahead of the season ending, Hutchie, um, and two games that really are dead rubbers, to to put down a marker, shall we say, in Suffolk. Yeah, this is, this is the final game of Ipswich's season really in, in mm. my in my mind um because crew and crew and Charlton are the de- the, the deadest of dead rubbers there's th- those games have got nothing on them for either mm. team but um had Wigan got a result against Cambridge at the weekend we could have been in a scenario where they could have won promotion with with victory at Ipswich as it is um they can't. They can go. I think they can go seven points clear with nine, nine to play for if they win, mm. um, which is as good as going up. But it's a huge, huge game for Wigan, and I really hope Ipswich kind of get dragged along with that and can can put themselves in the in a position to to just just really compete, just go toe to toe with a really good a really good team. Um, you know that could generate some excitement within the stadium it's a dead game for Ipswich but um like you say it's a really it's a really nice opportunity that's there for a team that has aspirations to be where Wigan are in a year's mm. time um to show that the things that I've just said about having the piece, some of the a, a lot of the pieces in place are true um go out there and do it go go toe to toe you've got nothing to lose have you go if it's if it's a draw in like the final minutes of the game, chuck Christian Walton up for a corner yeah. and go and try and win it. Just go go and try and win. Do everything you can to entertain the entertain the home crowd. So it is a big opportunity, and I hope they're able to to be up for it and um and and deliver something. Doesn't have to be a win. Hmm. Doesn't have to be. Just hmm. be up for this and show that you belong. If only Town had a player like Will Keane, eh? Um, <laughs> Twenty one goals, seven assists this season. Um, not not too shabby. If only Town could have had him at some point. Who would who would have thought it? They're playing him where he should. Be. They're playing him in the right position. We talked about this for so long, didn't we? About mm. what what Will Keane was and what Will Keane was not was a big target man striker. He's playing as kind of a second striker, shadow striker. Sometimes as a number ten off of Lang and McGinnis. I think he was at the weekend. And he's playing as a number ten where he can both be creative and and attack. 
um, the box at the same time. And, and he's shown that he's a really good player. He stayed fit, which was a massive part of it for mm. him. Um, but I'd, look, I'm pleased for him because he's a player I liked. He's a person I liked. Um, and I think it just shows sometimes that if you use players correctly, you might get better results than uh, he wasn't suited to that Ipswich team. I think he'd be mm. much more, he'd be really suited to this, this Ipswich team, this Kieran McKenna team as one of, as a number 10, potentially um, much more suited to it. Just didn't, just didn't fit what Paul Lambert, what Paul Lambert tried to do. He ain't coming in now though, is he? Is he, is he, um, is he still rocking the top knot by the way? I haven't seen yep. a, a recent picture of him. Excellent. I admire that. Roscoe, are you looking forward to a reunion with your boy, Goyon Edwards? Yeah, I saw he got substituted at half-time on Saturday. Um, so, I don't know, because they were losing, probably why mm. they needed to change the system. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be Guion Edwards versus, you know, Wes Burns, who's the best bet of the Welsh players. Um, Wes Burns is definitely better than Guion Edwards. Guion Edwards had that, you know, that little period where um, my shout of him being top goal scorer was was happening by the way it was happening briefly um but no it will be interesting you know reception those two players will get and uh yeah we're gonna a good team and liam richardson wow it proves maybe he was the mastermind behind the ball cook management duo because they're top of the league for a reason yeah we're gonna about to get promoted paul cook maybe not having the impact he hoped at chesterfield as it as it stands um hutchie what, we've talked already about the Baggett thing, and I guess that's going to be the main talking point going into the game. Is there anything else you'd do with the team? We've got the same old kind of striker conundrum. Norwood started the last four, missed um, a guilt-edged opportunity, fluffed his lines, as we say, in journalism with that with that um, that miss at the weekend. Proved very important. Uh, and then I guess you've got the, the usual chat about the, the two behind him as well, Aluko and Selina or Chaplin. Um, is there anything you particularly do? Do you care? Not really, <laughs> honestly. Um, no, I don't. Who know? Who knows which of the two the two tens will start? I don't know. Could be, could be any combination of that. Doesn't sound like either of them did particularly much to to further their cause at at the weekend. Um, said for weeks that I'd be playing Bon ahead of Norwood, mm. but that that hasn't that hasn't happened. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be reactionary and just drop James Norwood for, for missing that, for missing that chance. If Kieran McKenna has um, has seen something in James Norwood and wants to keep looking at him to make a, a contract decision, then you keep keep going with him because I, I think he'll score the next one of those chances that comes his way. He's he's that kind of player. So, um, I'll be honest as. Beyond beyond the Baggett decision, I'm not. I just want the players that are on the pitch just to just to really go for it and mm. and try and deliver something for what, what will surely be a big um, a big crowd. I'm just so disappointed that these two games have been have ended up being what they are because when we looked at, even back in June when the fixtures came out and subsequently when McKenna took over, you look at an Easter double header of of Rotherham and Wigan as just being. Wow, that could be a really special few days. Ipswich in the hunt, um, big crowds. They've ended up being shunted around for TV. This one being on a Tuesday night instead of later on today or Monday um, is a real disappointment because those Easter, ga- Easter Monday games are, are always really well attended and, and good atmospheres at them. I'm sure it'll be a bit different on a Tuesday. Um, 
yeah, just for this, just for it not to have any influence over town season, it's just really just a really disappointing. So um, it's the same old selection things we're talking about. I don't know who will play in them, but um, whoever's on the pitch, go and go and do it, please. Where are we where are we standing, Hutchie, with with million pound picks again? Are we just because uh, it's it's quite frankly it's been a shambles since you missed a few pods. Um, Stewie, Ross and, and Mike took over and they, they treated it with what can they be described as absolute contempt um, just throwing out random bets no, no thought of the odds um, and I, honestly I don't even know where we are now um, so you are the you are the creator and originator of Million Pound Picks what are you saying as to its fate? Um, I'm just going to take what's left and run away with it <laughs> would be a there's 350 grand left wow. in the pot, um, which is a lot serious. of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. But mm-hmm. um, when you started with a million, it's um, it's not as much, is it? But um, let's just go all in on an Ipswich win. 350 grand. Yeah, why not? This is, the, this is the last. This is the last game that matters. This is the last game that matters. Uh, let me get the odds up. Keep. I'm going to keep waffling away. I'm going to get the odds up. The the rest of these games are completely dead and do mm. not matter one little bit. So I'm going to, against my better judgment, I'm going to put all of it on an Ipswich Town win at a price of, here we go, eight to five. Stick all of it on there. £350,000. Returns nine hundred and ten grand, so we could be well in the money. As as it stands, this this uh, this feature has kind of been um, a stark warning, hasn't it, actually, about the perils yeah. of gambling, which of course is exactly what we wanted it to be, being a grown up and and kind of thoughtful um, show that we are. Don't gamble, kids. Look what Hutchie's done with a million pounds this season. He's ended up with three hundred and fifty k, and especially. Don't let your idiot friends gamble with your money. That's, yeah, uh... that's that's my big takeaway. If I'm honest, <laughs> is if if you are going to embark on something like this and look after and kind of at times secure some quite decent winnings, mm. do not trust your idiot friends to just spunk it. Because Watson blew like six hundred grand on the last Wigan game. Disgrace. You lot just chucked away another 400 that between the two of you on the two occasions that you've you've had the opportunity to use it you just spent the million quid <laughs> absolute shambales can we then Hutcher, you're saying a win prediction wise well it doesn't really matter you could say whatever what are you gonna say i think they're gonna lose oh, one nil. i think <clears> they're <throat> gonna lose one nil okay Moscow's. i hope oh, they don't you hope they win so you can head off to vegas rossi Mm, yeah, I'm, do you know what? I'm gonna go for a draw, one-one, same same as we did at DW, one-one. Okay, come on, boys, <clears throat> they're gonna lose, aren't they? Let's be honest. Let's not have any beating around the bush. They're gonna lose at home. It's what it's what they do. They lose these games. So uh, fingers crossed, they prove me wrong. But I think they're gonna lose. Um, any other business friends before we take our leave? There's an hour on Easter Monday. We've done. Um, Rossi no doubt wants to top up his his chocolate ratio. Um, anything else to mention, Hutchie? Got nothing else to mention. I need to cough. Sorry. That's all right. You've got COVID, mate. It's fine. <laughs> Rossi, anything else to mention? 
quickly mention about an Easter egg. There's a woman who um, has kept an unopened Easter egg for 62 years. Um, she pays eight, £80 a month to keep it cool. So that's what? a story that I read this morning, which is just mad. Oh, that's need... abs- absolute nonsense. Why? Who? Where? What is it? Why? We've got to give uh, us more detail now. Yeah, it's uh, very weird. So she's a great grandmother um, and is thought to have the world oldest unopened Easter egg. Um, right. so it's got to be Amer- it's America, obviously, isn't it? Um, I don't know. To be honest, this is going very badly now. Uh, she was, when she was thirteen, Helen Fern was gifted an Easter egg by her father um, for a local shop called Sharps. I think she is British, actually. Oh, um, but yeah, just just madness. I, you know, when you're thirteen, you're, you're eating it, aren't you? You're not. You're not. She apparently because she thought it looked too pretty to open and eat, so eighty pounds a month she's paying yeah. to to keep what, it. What is it cryogenically frozen? I mean, what are you getting for eighty pounds a month? Cool, a cool storage container to keep the chocolate from she's melting. Got, she's not got a fridge. Just put it in the fridge. <laughs> she's yeah, an idiot. Well. She is. A, she is an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Talk about throwing money away. Million pound picks. What's her name? Helen. She. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, Helen. Um, what get, kind get, of Easter egg is it? I, I don't know. To be honest, it just looks just yeah, chocolate. It's right, going to be what, at whatever point you open that. <laughs> that's never going to be edible. <laughs> it's an it's an actual egg. It's an ostrich egg. Maybe that's why yeah. she's uh, she's keeping it. She's hoping it's going to hatch one day. Um, right then, friends. On that note, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's Easter Monday show. There's been there's been peaks and troughs, I would say. Um, we've, we've ended on a positive note there with a 62 year old Easter egg. That's your cue to go and open some more Easter eggs because Easter is not over yet. It's not actually officially over until tomorrow night, of course, because uh, Town against Wigan is an Easter game. So extend your <laughs> te- extend your celebrations. I'm not sure that's going to work in terms of trying to take the day off tomorrow. <laughs> Everyone around the world, Easter. <laughs> Easter's not Easter's officially Easter. over. Yeah, it's often been said. Um, anyway, uh, support our sponsors, Manscaped. I'm wearing a t-shirt, um, so there you go, Manscaped. Twenty percent off and free delivery um, using the code carry at manscaped.com. There we go. Thank you, Rossi. Uh, and also, please follow us across all our social medias, um, Kings of Anger, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I hope you have a great start to the week. If you are going tomorrow, enjoy the game. There is obviously some, um, what's the word, trepidation as to whether Hutchie's going to be there. I was thinking at one point, Hutchie, you might have a live LFT on today's uh, show. But no, you've not, you've not started um, taking the test, which is disappointing. So the only way you're going to find out is if you follow us tomorrow to see if Hutchie's there. Have a great start to your week, friends. And we'll speak to you again later on in the week. Crime to football, Brexit to Portugal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.